Hey everybody, we are back with another exciting episode of The Real Couple. We are The Real Couple. I'm Dallas. And I'm Paige. And we're The Real Couple. And we review movies and sometimes TV shows. And maybe in the future, we'll review other things as well. Maybe. Like maybe books or, or a video game or, or a sunset. Maybe someday we'll review a sunset on here. Wouldn't that be nice? No. Okay. You're a big fan of sunsets. <laughs> There's so many times I'm just trying to live my life and you're like, hey, 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 babe, babe. Gotta look over there. There's a sunset. And I'm like, there's one every day. And... Anywho. Yeah, you're the one who usually has more to say about sunsets. We're coming at you with our final Indiana Jones episode yeah. today. And before we get started, I have to apologize to all you loyal listeners a couple weeks ago we were discussing indiana jones and the last crusade and i said something that was incorrect i stated that there is no relation between joaquin phoenix and river phoenix and my dear, sweet mother of all people, very loyal listener, long-time listener, she contacted me. She called me up and she said, You stupid fucking bitch. Quit filling the world with your stupid thoughts. You gotta do research. You gotta quit lying. You're an idiot. And I'm disappointed in you forever. And I said... I'm going to take that into consideration. I'm going to take that in the constructive spirit in which it was meant. And I'm going to improve. So, yeah. Uh, it has been brought to my attention that River and Joaquin were, in fact, brothers. If you ask Dominic Toretto, they still are brothers. Um, just a few days later, scrolling on Facebook. I do it a lot. And I came across a photograph that shocked me to my very core. Because not only did it show these two as brothers, but it also pointed out something I had never even considered. Not only were they brothers, but River Phoenix was the older of the two. Which, obviously, like because he, he died at a very young age... But he died so long ago, it never occurred to me that this this other actor that I exclusively have known as an adult, he was actually the younger of the two brothers. So, just wanted to start out the episode uh, before we get into Dial of Destiny, because that's what we're talking about on this episode. Just wanted to let you guys know. We'll eventually talk about it. Hey, yeah. And we'll eventually talk about your stupid thoughts on the matter, you they're idiot. They're not stupid thoughts. They're ridiculous. And they're <laughs> insane, and you should be arrested. Anyways, just want to say I'm sorry that I was wrong, that I spread falsehoods. And I just want to thank my dear sweet mother for calling me out on being the dumb idiot son of a... I can't call myself a son of a bitch. You cannot. Because it's my mom that... <laughs> yeah, no. 
Uh, son of a wonderful lady, but a real stupid moron at the same time. Let's get into it. Paige, I know I already said it. What did we watch? Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And uh, what kind of stupid, ridiculous thoughts did you have going into this? I... Actually, I feel like that's going to give no, spoilers. Yeah. yeah. So Let's get into that later. Let's let's start the let's episode on a more respectful note. Saying that I actually liked this movie. I'm so happy with this movie. I would put this at a solid number three of Same. the five film franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we we talked about this earlier. We really enjoy aspects of Temple of Doom, but overall, pretty much fair. short round. Yeah. Pretty much that one aspect. I, he does punch a lady. And that's just <laughs> cray cray. Um, but I think Dial of Destiny is better than Temple of Doom and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Something that I'm interested to know from you. Now that you've seen all of the Indiana Jones movies, to me, there's something about Raiders and Last Crusade that just feel classic. Yes. And I I guess there is still that with Temple of Doom. Not as much, though. No. But it's definitely lacking from Kingdom. But from someone who just saw pretty much all of these movies within the past month or so, mm-hmm. you still felt that, like, deep-rooted, like, these are classics kind of vibe, right? From the OGs, yes. Yeah. All three of the OGs, or just one and three? I would say all three. Okay. But I think that's probably just because they feel old. Yeah, okay. Um, Yeah, there's just, there's something about, there's like that mindset of like, you can't touch Raiders, and you can't touch Last Crusade. And then I saw this, and I was like, damn. That's totally better than Temple of Doom. Yeah. But there was still that, like, but it's no Raiders. Correct. It's it's no Last Crusade. Yeah. It's not a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination. But it's... But it's fun. fun as shit. If you're an Indiana Jones fan, go see it. Yeah. It's great. It really, really is. Um, Something that we had talked about was that... Uh, when they made Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, mm-hmm. they took a, what, 65-year-old Harrison Ford mm-hmm. and tried to convince the world that he was still an action star. Yeah. When he was not. Nah. Harrison Ford is now 81 years old. Yeah. But they didn't try to make him an action star. No. They were much more self-aware with this one, which I really appreciated. Yeah. And and when he was doing, like, action things in an action movie, they made sure to put him in a spot where he could do things that were believable. To me, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, he was never swinging around... You know, uh, on vines. On vines ugh. Um, <laughs> he wasn't, um, you know, having to jump off cliffs and shit like that. But they was would there be... a cliff in this movie? I don't think 
I don't think there was a there, cliff. There was an underwater cliff. Good point. Bit of a bit of a okay, cliff. Bit okay. Of a cliff. Um, but uh, they they would start an action sequence and be like, yeah, and then he gets on a horse and he rides a horse, and I'd be like, old man riding a galloping horse. All right, I can I can buy that. Yeah. yeah. He's he's not the one doing all this running around and shit. Okay. Yeah. And then they were like, yeah, another uh, car chase scene. He's going to drive. And I was like, old man driving? Old man has pretty good driving reflexes? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I can buy that. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a bit far-fetched. Uh, most 80-year-olds that I know, you put them behind the wheel of something, and, and it's like, these guys are shooting at us. We got to drive down these stairs. They'd be like... Ah, like they would shit. <laughs> they their would pants. not take their Buick downstairs. There was a moment <laughs> when he takes this tricycle motorcycle taxi thing down. A tuk tuk. Okay, he takes it down several flights of stairs, and it shows this thing just to to call it teeter tottering is not jiggling. It's just jiggling, just jiggling like like jello? electrocuted jello, <laughs> like defibrillated defibrillated jello like it's just going insane and then it like sort of cuts to the three people inside and there's like a 12 year old boy barely handling it there's a girl who's like 28 who's dealing with it pretty well she's probably way older than me uh she's probably like how old do you think she is in the movie yeah sure 30s maybe i don't know the actress was born in 1985. Okay. Wow, she's way older than that. Well, I guess not way older. Seven years older. Seven. Us. That's not way. Dumbass. I haven't even started. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she's she's seven years older than us. Yeah, so she's 37. And she's, you know, holding it together in this uh, jiggling vehicle pretty well. The 80-year-old is also holding it together. And I'm like, no. If you're really 80 years old and you're riding down those stairs on a vehicle with the kind of suspension that that vehicle must have, no. You are letting loose in those trousers. You have shat your pants. You have shattered your entire lower spine and (laughs) pelvis. Both femurs are just powder well i mean he did talk about how he has plates and screws in his legs as they were climbing around in the cave but they're plates made out of human metals and alloys these aren't vibranium yeah like i mean (laughs) these aren't vibranium adamantium freaking kryptonium unobtainium unobtainium the worst name you think that's the worst name what about Adolf? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a medal, you moron. Fuck you, Nazis. Um, oh, also, we were back to Nazis. We got Nazis back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was so happy. Oh, they're, okay. Um, man, where do I want to go? Uh, Indy I want to go to. pants during that chase scene. Where do you want to go? De-aging. Yep. So I had heard mm-hmm. a lot of complaints about how awful the de-aging of Harrison Ford looked mm-hmm. in this movie. 
I didn't think it was terrible. I don't think it's terrible. There were a couple of shots where, like, the edges of his face seemed a little, like, blurry. There were definitely times when his face looked plasticky. Um, I don't feel like it was bad enough to distract me from the movie, though. It distracted me, but that was mostly because when... And I feel like it's this way for a lot of people. If you're going into a movie where you know there's going to be de-aging or just digital faces of any kind, you're looking hard. You're looking really, really closely. And because of that, a fake face, which the the human brain, the human mind, is naturally capable of spotting any in uh, like inconsistencies or falsehoods with it, you're going to see it immediately, and it's going to stand out. So getting those to be absolutely perfect is damn near impossible. Mm-hmm. And it's the kind of thing where if it's CGI hair, if it's a CGI arm, if it's, you know, an uh, actor fucked up his hand, but the hand needs to look fully intact in this scene, so we're going to do some CGI to make the hand look not screwed up. A CGI hand is not going to freak out the human brain. A face, a face will. will. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have to take my own Uncanny Valley complaints with a grain of salt. And I will take everyone else's. I've been taking everyone else's with a grain of salt for years. People have been bitching about Uncanny Valley for so long. And they'll say, like, it's terrible. It takes you out of the movie. And I'm like, eh. It's better than most of what mankind is capable of for most of history. Um, so... Uh, were the CGI faces perfect? No. Am I going to say the movie sucked because of it? No. 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 It was fine. Yeah. Um, honestly, the one piece of CGI that I thought was worse than anything I saw on faces, in that first scene, Indy gets on top of the train and then starts running along the roof oh, of the train cars. Oh, it so bad. Dude, that CGI run was terrible. The way he would, like, hop from one car to another. The hops were bad. Just the natural run was bad. Ugh, Mm -hmm. it was really, really, ugh. Um, One thing that I kept finding in that first scene on the train, every time he was wearing his leather jacket, he looked like an action figure. Like a Hot Toys? Yeah, kind of. Like, something about his jacket, it almost seemed like the fabric was, like, too thin. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, that was a bit of a verbal typo. Uh, I meant to say the fabric looked too thick. I am editing right now. Just noticed that I said thin, and if I do not correct it, everything else I'm about to say makes no sense at all. So, fabric looks too thick. Like, mm. I was looking at if you make, like, a miniature toy, but you try to make clothing miniature, but the fabric is still, like, normal density, and so you actually put it on... And it just looks... Just baggy? Yeah. Something about the way, like, his face seemed slightly smooth, almost plasticky, and then his clothing just kind of looked too too big for the size of person that he is. Not like it was... Not like he should be wearing a large shirt, but they gave him an extra large shirt. 
it was like the the actual material used is just too thick i don't know it was weird um but again so fun and i feel like with the difficulty in the cgi faces they still wrote a script that kind of made it more difficult on them because like those moments when they're like shining a flashlight on his face and then bringing the flashlight down then up again and down i feel like it they were not only having to do a cgi face but with complex lighting across it Mm -hmm. and that you know um that was their flex yeah it was was kind of a flex like it wasn't perfect uh cgi face but they were still pushing themselves as hard as they could yeah Uh, and i i respect that i appreciate that um okay so yeah going into the movie previewing okay okay one quick thing just before we get away from the uh, train sequence. There is one moment where I was like, damn, that was awesome. And then a few scenes later, I was like, I do not buy that at all. There is a character played by Mads Mikkelsen. Correct. And at some point, he is on the side of a train. Correct. And he gets hit <laughs> off the side of a train by a stationary rod of steel correct it has absolutely no chill for his nazi bullshit (laughs) and the sound you made was so funny it oh my gosh it it wasn't quite as good as the mission impossible noise that you made but but it was close like i it felt so much like something that you cut away from right before the point of impact and they didn't cut away from it and it obliterated his face and you see it happen and i was like who doesn't want to see a nazi get fucked up right and then a few scenes later the script says you remember mads mickelson he's still alive and well and my brain went no he is not (laughs) i saw what happened you don't even, your soul is crippled from that point on. Like, that hit so hard. In the afterlife, he's still a fugly bitch with how hard that hit him. And you're telling me he didn't even die? He doesn't even have a permanent scar from that? Fuck you. Eat shit forever. Like, yeah. I feel like they they needed to have introduced some sort of a henchman guy just for that first scene and have him get taken out with that. Okay. But having it happen to Mads Mikkelsen and then have Mads Mikkelsen keep showing up in the movie, uh, I do not buy it in the slightest. I think with that said, I'm I'm done with the train sequence. Are you? I thought it was neat seeing uh indy get hung by nazis and then that's what saves him <laughs> yes yeah i thought the uh the whole hanging sequence and then like the thing that you're hanging from is now pulling you down towards the explosion that everything about that scene was like oh my gosh this is, this is really interesting and cool fun. yeah it was fun um are you wanting to just jump straight into the final I guess not not quite twist ending, but I would say reveal. 
Yes. Okay. Well then, with that said, big ol' spoiler warning is now in effect. We're about to give away the ending of the movie. So. So most of us have seen trailers for this movie. Yeah. Pre-premiere day. Yeah. To get an idea of what we were going into. And something that I thought didn't need to be said, but I guess should have been said before going into it. Uh, <laughs> it was never said. And you, <laughs> I found out last night, you think it was enunciated? Yes! It was never said at all. I feel like we need to pull our listeners. Before you went into this movie, did you think that time travel was going to be a factor in the story? And you know what? I'll take it a step further. If yes, why <laughs> the fuck did you think there would be time travel? Was it A, because dials sometimes have to do with time? B, because there was the, the scene when Harrison Ford has been de-aged on the train and he's far younger than before? C, I don't know. I don't know a C reason. Or D, was it because you saw a fucking parade in the trailer because parades can't fucking happen in the 70s or whatever the hell this takes place it was not just a place. parade <gasps> hey babe babe hey babe what how is it not just a parade the trailer made it look like it was vj day yeah in what way because there was confetti <laughs> You've never seen fucking confetti at a parade that's not happening on VJ Day. Are you, You're just mad because you didn't think there was time travel. Babe, no, that's not why I'm mad. That's not why I'm mad. I'm mad because I'm, an, I'm married to an idiot. You, you are not married to an idiot. Babe, you're married to a babe, genius. Babe, babe, that's not how geniuses sound. It's how this one sounds. You're insane in the membrane, okay? Okay? Okay. Shut your mouth. You don't get to throw shade at me. I don't need this I attitude. I do. No, You're telling no. all of our listeners that I'm an idiot. I'm telling. And I am the one that knew there was time travel going in. Because of because parades that don't I involve time travel. Because okay. the trailer. Okay. 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 Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That's like saying I saw a trailer for the Chronicles of Narnia. And I predict I will be transformed into a talking lion because I saw one in the trailer. That's like saying it was obvious from the get-go that babies would be killed in Fantastic Beasts 2 because while I was watching the trailer, it made me want to murder babies. That's almost identical to what happened here. No, you it is not. You saw a parade that didn't seem like it was based 
during the events of this film. And because of that, you were like, obviously there's time travel. And then the movie said, I mean, yeah, but no. And you said, all I can hear is, yeah, babe, can you name the year they start at and the year they time travel to? They start in the 80s, don't they? we haven't mentioned this to the audience. They start in the 80s. Sure, let's say 80s. Which 80s? 1980s. The 1980s. And did they travel to the 19, like, 40s for VJ Day? No. No. Babe, when do they travel to? Like, BC era. <laughs> yeah. So no VJ Day. Correct. And the whole time, you were like, obviously there was time travel, Dallas. Didn't you see the trailers? Was I wrong? Yes. Was there not that's time the whole, travel? That's the whole Was point. Was there not the whole time point. travel, sir? Just because you had the right answer, you got the answer so incorrectly that I'm confiscating your ability to be considered correct. You don't get to confiscate that. Why not? That is not in your power. He- really? This is my win. This is my podcast. Mine too. Eh. She's putting up the middle finger, but this is a podcast. So you can't see it. I need our listeners to weigh in on what is probably one of the biggest fights of our marriage. Hopefully. Did you know that there was time travel going into this movie? Did you see a parade and think (laughs) there's only been one parade in American history? Babe. What? You're just mad that I got... To the right answer in a way that you didn't like. I'm irate that you got to the right answer in that way. It makes no You just admitted that I got to the sense. right answer. Yes. I always said you got to the right answer. My point is that doesn't make you right. It does, though. No. Like, if... Okay, we fought about this for long enough. Let's talk about the movie. There's time travel in an Indiana Jones movie. Yes. Indiana Jones time traveled before Dominic Toretto. We're still two movies away from Dominic Toretto time traveling. Maybe. We could be one movie away. We could be. Or. Or. Oh my god gosh oh my gosh i've never considered this what if we thing has been a time travel what if we aren't two movies away what if they say you didn't know about it but dominic toretto has been time traveling on a regular basis since he was nine years old (laughs) how do you think he got so good at racing cars holy shit um but yeah so As we were watching Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, I had this moment kind of deep into the movie where I was like, I'm digging this. And they definitely haven't done anything that's like super outlandish. They haven't, they haven't like nuked a fridge or anything. And then they did. And they decided to not just nuke the fridge. Until done. They nuked too. They nuked it until burnt. 
they put a refrigerator in a microwave and set it to like 30 minutes. <laughs> and for some reason, I'm so okay with it. Right. I am so pro Indiana Jones time traveling. Same. Like, and I love the concept that when told we need to go back to our time, the man who's always been obsessed with history has the opportunity to go out literally in history. And that's what he opts for. And he's like, you know what? This is legit the greatest thing I could possibly dream of as my send-off. And everyone and else in the scene... knocked the fuck out. Yeah, like, everyone else in the scene has to be like, I get where you're coming from. But you, of all people, need to be aware of the butterfly effect. Which, let's face it, the butterfly effect... That movie effect, hasn't come out yet in the... Indiana Jones timeline. What? <laughs> oh, the butterfly effect movie? Yeah. Speechless. You have no words. I did it. You haven't even seen Butterfly Effect. <laughs> Neither has Indiana Jones. And there's no VJ Day Parade. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Name one actor from Butterfly Effect. I cannot. Okay. That's what I thought. So. <laughs> anyways. Let's face it. Like, the concept of, no, you have to come with us because of butterfly effect. There's a crashed Nazi aeroplane, like, 20 yards away. Who gives a shit about the butterfly effect? We've already shit all over this. But whatever, I, who cares? So, yeah, like, someone's having to argue with Indy and be like, you know, you'll change history and yada, yada, yada. Um, I, I, I enjoy that. Um, and so having someone kind of force his hand and take him out of there. Yeah. I, I could see why Indy wanted that so much. So I honestly thought that was how it might end. But then that brought Marion back. Yes. So that is another big old reveal with Which this movie. Both of our predictions about Marion being in this movie were Correct. Yeah, I said... Because I said, I'm going first this time. I said that she was definitely going to be in it because they got married in the last one, so she had to be in it. But then you said... Am I allowed to go now? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, I said, because she's not in the trailers, she's not going to be on the adventure, she's not you know, going to be involved in the plot, and I think the reason that is, they'll probably let uh, Karen Allen sit this one out and they'll just have to write in their marriage fell apart. You know, uh, the one thing that I was very impressed with, it really um, hit me in, in a very impactful way. I was thinking they were just going to say Shia LaBeouf's character, Mutt Williams, is off at college. Or 
he uh he's start... just not in the adventure yeah he started a family he moved out to california or they just weren't going to acknowledge his existence yeah and they definitely acknowledge his existence there was there's a moment super early in the movie kind of panning through indy's apartment and then he gets woken up by some music you see that moment in the trailers but there are two photos on the shelf as it's panning through one of them is henry jones senior uh sean connery and right next to that you see a man in uniform and i was able to to look closely real quickly and i was like it's it didn't hold on the photo for too long but that's fairly obvious that was shia labeouf's face so apparently shia labeouf is fighting in the war okay cool that's a that's a good way to you know acknowledge that he was there he you know i i could see his character enlisting sure and uh it's a great way to write him out of the movie and then quite a ways into the film indy uh mentions that his son enlisted and died in the fight Mm -hmm. and then mentions that indy and marion's marriage fell apart because of the fallout and repercussions of the grief of losing a son and that was a really interesting way to not a lot of people want to see mutt williams's character come back but that's a great way to still tell the audience that even regardless of how they felt about the character the characters in this story felt differently about him Mm -hmm. and they have a right to enjoy that character as fellow characters in this tale Um, and his loss is allowed to affect them in deep and profound ways yeah and i thought that was a really great idea and i thought harrison ford's delivery of that monologue about losing his son was phenomenally delivered i agree he is not sobbing but a guy who very rarely lets his guard down this guy's guard was down very vulnerable in that moment vulnerable yeah um another moment of a bit of vulnerability that i was so relieved to see because i was really starting to worry uh as with all of the different indiana jones movies he'll just be like oh don't worry i got a friend in this random part of the world we've never been to but he's a friend i met years ago and we've stayed in touch and he's great and then you know this random person will see him and be like oh indy i've been in your life the whole time and i i kind of love that reoccurring thing in all the indie movies we get mac in uh kingdom of the crystal skull we get uh, uh brody in last crusade uh we get short round in temple of doom and we get like you know sala in both um uh raiders and last crusade we get marion in in the first one we get jock the the uh I hate snakes, Jock. I hate them. Yeah. Yeah. You got the boat guy in this movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, so we get this random friend from Indy's life that he's known for years and we've never heard about him. And then the one in this one was Antonio Banderas' character who just 
has a boat and as soon as and Indy a shows really up really good diver. Yeah, and as soon as he shows up, he turns, he's like, oh, Indy, my old friend, who I love so much, and we're good friends. And the audience just goes, Who okay, yeah. <laughs> of course I don't know all of Indy's friends. Um But also we got Sala back mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Um but uh, finishing up the the point that I started a little earlier, uh so they go on this little adventure with Antonio Banderas, and at some point, uh, the Nazis kill him. They Pretty shoot him. Pretty brutally, too. Yeah, like just to prove a point. And he goes down, and it it hurt. You know? Yeah, it did. I, I don't know if it would have hurt as much if I didn't know Antonio Banderas as an actor. Honestly, I did not recognize him. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, I saw his name in the credits, I was like, who the hell did Antonio Banderas play? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Clearly, I have not seen him in anything in many, many years. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they kill him off. And then almost immediately, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, Helena, what she was starts... her, like, nickname? Uh, Wombat. Wombat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Wombat starts. I could only think about Warthog, and I was like, "That is not the correct name." Um, so yeah, uh, Helena or Wombat starts decoding this whole clue thing, and she gets very animated and quirky with the decoding, and it's kind of a fun scene. And I kept sort of having this moment of like, Antonio Banderas was just shot and killed in the same room and we are very quickly playing Just this for laughs along. like yeah, yeah emotionally we did not really acknowledge that so they uh they get away they get on the boat they take off and uh helena and uh the kid who's teddy. named teddy yeah both of them are like hell yeah we got away we did it uh and indy has this moment of like my, my friend. friend was just shot and killed yeah they killed my friend and they both sort of have to have this moment of like, yeah, we, we can't not acknowledge that. I, I'm sorry, man. Like that, that sucks. And, and I liked that, uh, they still, um, gave that, that shout out, that reminder, like, um, this was not just nothing but success in this scene. There was loss in this Mm -hmm. scene. And I really, really liked that. Um, you mentioned that we got Sala back. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny having Sala drive him to the airport and then be like, I miss the desert. I miss the seas. I miss the adventures. Ugh, I want to go. I brought my passport. I'm I'm ready to, to go out on this adventure with you. You know, one last hurrah. And Indy just goes, yeah. No. <laughs> and then leaves. I thought that was so bizarre. And like having that whole like, I miss the desert. I miss the seas. Having that be like the uh, voiceover for one of the trailers. And then in context, the response is, okay, well, bye. It, it was odd. It kind like, of made it funnier. It did, but um, especially because after he does the whole give him hell, indeed. <laughs> Indy almost gets hit by a a car, car. which again, car almost hits an 80-year-old man. There's poop in his trousers. He's shitting himself. Um, 
One thing. Character of Mason, the black girl with the FBI or the CIA or whatever. Yeah. She doesn't affect the plot that much. Not even a little bit. Yeah, she's just around. She's very like, inconsequential. Yeah, just like, hey, bad guys, don't be quite as bad. And then eventually they shoot her and she's like, I think we You're may be bad the bad guy? guys. Um, so, yeah. I did like uh, Boyd Holbrook's character. Um, he's the guy that was in Logan and stuff like that. Um, thought he was he was pretty good. Um, there's How do one... you feel about Mads Mikkelsen? I love Mads Mikkelsen. He's so good. Because I just see Grindelwald... And okay, that is one of his most recent roles. Makes me think about the last Fantastic Beasts movie. No, no, and I hate it. No, you, when you see Mads Mikkelsen, you only see Grindelwald. Yes. Oh, when I see Gr- Mads Mikkelsen, I see Lashif, I see uh, Galen Erso, I see. Um, Does he ever play a good guy? Galen Erso. So in Rogue One. He's the guy who designs the Death Star, and because the Empire forced him against his will to design it, he's the reason there's an exhaust port that you can shoot a torpedo into that will blow up the whole thing. Okay. It's such a brilliant piece of storytelling. A, A huge plot point that the entire film hinders on from 1977 a huge plot hole that people have been like, why the hell would you put that in your design? Are you an idiot? In 2015, yeah, December of 2015. Nope, December 2016. In December of what? It was 2016 when Rogue One came out? Mm -hmm. We were dating when Rogue One came out? We saw Rogue One together, didn't we? No, we didn't. Yes, did we? I don't remember now. So you can't name the first three movies we saw in theaters together? No. I can name the first one. What? Doctor Strange. Good. Second one? I don't know. Wow. What are the first three movies we saw in theaters together? So yeah, you flew out to California to see me. We went and saw Doctor Strange. Yeah. Then I spent a week in Utah. Office Christmas party. Good girl. And yep. then it was Rogue One? And then it was Rogue One. We wanted to go see Rogue One earlier because I could not stop raving about it because it's fantastic. But there weren't good showtimes. So we were like, there's not a good showtime for Rogue One. There is a pretty good showtime for Office Christmas Party. And I was like, uh, that movie looks pretty good to me. But I know, you know, it, it definitely looks rated R. Like, mm, do you are you interested in seeing that? And you were like, yeah. And I was like, okay, do you know what kind of movie it is? And you were like, I think so. And I was like, all right. And I rolled the dice and we went and you were laughing really hard throughout the whole movie. And I was like, if this girl can deal with this kind of humor and this kind of movie, then yeah, I could see a future here. Aww, you're so and then cute. later that week, we uh, found time to see Rogue One. You're so cute. Yeah. I'm so cute because I remember core details of the early days of our relationship. Yes. Okay. That's adorable. Mm-hmm. You win. There we go. Yeah. 
I can also remember what uh, different parades look like. Oh my gosh! <laughs> You're not cute anymore. Yes, I am. Um, Mads Mikkelsen. He's... You like him. Oh, Doctor Strange. He's in two of the first three movies we saw together in theaters. You know, I should probably like him more than I do then. You should. Um, he does play a bad guy a lot, but, um, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a real good guy. Yeah, if, if you look at Mads Mikkelsen and all you can see is Lashif, or no, uh, Grindelwald, Grindelwald, you gotta fix your life. Okay, I will. He's so damn good. So, 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 so good. Let's keep talking about Indy. Okay. Uh, Toby Jones. Who's Toby Jones? Toby Jones is Wombat's dad. Oh, yeah, the crazy guy. Yeah, he was a great character in this. He He was. was Yeah. I liked him. Do you want to know a famous character that he has uh, portrayed? I do. Brought to life, if I may? Yes. Dobby the house elf. Shut up. I will not. Don't tell me to shut up. This is a podcast. The whole point of it is talking. That's true. It is true. I checked. So yeah, he voiced Dobby. Um, He also uh, plays a Nazi adjacent in Captain America, the first Avenger. Oh. He reprises his role as uh, Arnim Zola in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. But at that point, he's just a sentient computer. Oh. Um, oh yeah, The Hunger Games. Claudius Templesmith. I kind of remember, I think he's one of like the, the game announcers okay. later on. Or I don't really remember the movies very well. Yeah um yeah great actor um just kind of very much a character actor just kind of always one of those like uh we're on the sidelines he's probably never going to be the The main character yeah yeah um doesn't have the the face for stardom what a polite way to call a man ugly right very very uh, uh decorated career yeah you know he's been in so so much um, and I thought he was great in this. Mm-hmm. He was great. Um, I like that uh, um, Wombat's nickname was Wombat, and they never really feel the need to explain it. Um, it's not a warthog. It is not. Uh, Teddy. What did you think boy. of Teddy? Um, eh. Yeah. He's not as good as Short Round. He's no Short Round. Uh, which Short Round should have been in this. Um, Which we have theories. You have theories. You have theories. What's my theory? That he's the one that grabbed the hat. Fuck no. You mentioned, wouldn't that be cool? And I was like, eh. I do not know. I thought I got that from you. No. I swear. I mentioned, wouldn't it be cool if in the last scene of this movie that's coming out, like you see the hat sitting there and he like picks it up and like, puts it on or something or picks it up and the camera sort of follows the hat and he sort of looks over at it and that's when we see him yeah but the person who grabs the hat at the end why would that be short round why not who is it it's 
pulled inside from in the apartment, why would Indy start macking with Marion? And then Short Round is like, Hey guys, not to interrupt, I'm just going to go and get the hat off the uh, clothesline. I don't know. But it would be cool. Uh, it'd, it'd be kind of odd. Like, yeah. It, it was not Short Round that grabbed the hat. Um, I think there are ways of possibly writing a short round centered spinoff movie and just kind of have kind of the, the adjacent characters from this. So if, if Harrison Ford really does not want to uh, put the hat back on again, you can still kick off a spinoff movie without needing him in it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. A uh, couple of other things. Um, with the de-aging and like showing, uh, kicking off your movie with a, a younger Indiana Jones, but then later in the movie showing other flashbacks from later in the years. Uh, that was another thing. When he takes the dial from his friend, uh, Wombat's dad. Brixley? Was that? What something was like that? It was Basil Shaw. Oh, wow. I was you were very... so oh, far oh. off. I, as I was pulling it up, I thought Brixley sounded correct. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure there was digital de-aging in that scene as well. And yes. that de-aging was way better. Yes. Um, I think it's because it was quicker and it wasn't like... Maybe. The I, point. We've talked a lot of shit on the de-aging on the train. It wasn't de-aging, but the digital face on Harrison Ford on the horse was also quite bad. Yes. There were definitely times where he's, like, the horse rears up and you see his face and I'm like, that's not a man. That's a computer-generated image. Um, but, yeah, whatever. Um, but with all of the jumps... Uh, on the timeline of, you know, he's this age, now he's this age, now he's that age. I feel like it could have been really fun to show a way earlier scene and maybe try to do like a digital uh, uh, River Phoenix or a digital um, Sean Patrick Flannery. Sean Patrick Flannery played Indiana Jones in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, 28 episodes. Uh, Sean Patrick Flannery went on to be in both of the Boondock Saints films. I have not seen those. You have not. The first one is phenomenal, and the second one sucks shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, sort of doing a, a digital um, River Phoenix or Sean Patrick Flannery, just to be like, it's so early in his life, we're going to make reference to another actor that played him. I thought that could have been really, really fun. I could see that. But they didn't. So, whatever. Um, I thought that the uh, scuba diving sequence with the eels was... Uh, <laughs> Water snakes? Yeah, like it, it was a good way to um, reference his fear of snakes. It wasn't as stupid as getting pulled out of quicksand with a damn snake. Um, so and as someone who uh, kind of gets the heebie-jeebies 
with uh, things underwater. That shit scared the hell out of me. Like, as soon as he's, like, surrounded by eels and they're all coming at him, I was like, oh, shit. There was, however, a moment when, like, I can't remember where he got to, but, like, someone reaches their hand out to help him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know who's reaching their hand out. I don't know where he is or if he's at a spot where grabbing his hand would help. Like, I, I have lost the mental, like, blocking of where people are in this scene and who's who okay and but they grabbed the hand and at, uh, less than a minute later i was like oh that one's wombat that one's indy and neither of them look like they're mortally wounded okay so yeah. that was fine um speaking of mortally wounded at some point indiana jones the 80 year old man gets shot in the chest Sure does. And he keeps plugging along for an insane amount of time. Sure does. And I kind of feel like that's one of the few moments in this movie where I'm like, you're not nuking a fridge, but shooting an 80-year-old in the chest is not far off. Uh, and having him survive. So, um, yeah. Outside of that, I think... All I have to say is just uh, this movie is gosh damn delightful. It is. It's very fun. They, they it's finished, very watchable. They finished the series with a really good entry that uh, gets really ridiculous with its finale. And I'm okay with it. Toad's, Toad's fine. Um, Indiana Jones facing off against aliens something about it just doesn't feel yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know why I'm more okay with time travel than I am with aliens, but, but I in, am. Indiana Jones, the historian, having his final adventure be in literal history. Oh. It was a good way to end the yeah. franchise. Um, One thing that I was confused by at the very beginning, they're really interested in finding the, the scepter that uh cut um christ yeah like so it has the blood of christ on it and i was like that's not a dial that has nothing to do with a dial are is this gonna be another christ-centered movie (laughs) like are we going back to christianity for this fifth one and we did not nope uh the the scepter that they're looking for turns out to be fake and Pretty quickly, once they're like, that one's a fake, no one gives a shit about finding that ever again. It's because they immediately find half of the dial. Yeah, and I I think that's a great way of kind of referencing this series' obsession with uh, Christianity and stuff. But, uh, and almost um, teasing me with it. Like, almost a fake out. Like, Mm -hmm. ah, you mentioned Christ. You thought we were going to be obsessed with Christ again. But no, no, no. Uh, Time. Thousand time and, and cogs and, and um, time travel. Ha ha. I thought that was uh, fun in a way that I did not see coming. Same. Yeah. Do you have anything else you would like to say about Dial of Destiny? I think the first time we see Teddy and he's kind of practicing with a make-believe little airplane thing was a nice way of making it believable 
that he could fly a plane later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, when he does fly the plane later, the script for some reason feels the need to introduce the guy who actually owns the plane and have him do absolutely nothing. They just yeah. have a second guy in the plane and he just wakes up to go, holy shit, are we time traveling? This is my plane though. He helps steer it a little bit. I think that's why they bring him in is just to be like, I think it's a bit far-fetched that this 12-year-old is flying a plane all on his own when he's never flown a plane before. Which, if you're worried about me calling a timeout because this is too far-fetched, we're time-traveling right now. Sure are. I'm kind of past the point of calling the timeout. Yeah. I've... I'm I'm uh, rolling with the punch that is time travel. I can believe that a kid who has practiced on a make-believe airplane can pull it off. Because in my mind, I've put in like four or five hours into Microsoft Flight Simulator. And if there was ever a moment where someone was like, oh no, someone needs to fly the plane. I feel like I would stand up a little too confidently. That's yes. That's how much I feel like if you tell me someone has practiced flying a plane, that's as good as being able to fly a plane. Yeah. Uh, I can I can suspend my disbelief there. Me it's too. It's fine. It's better than uh, this guy can drive a car. That means he can also hack into the Pentagon's mainframe. Looking at you, Fast and Furious. Yep. And he also knows ninjutsu. And he also knows how to take a car into space. And he also knows, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, Indiana Jones. I didn't need the co-pilot character. <laughs> but I think that's everything. I felt all the nostalgia that uh, the director wanted me to feel. Um, I think this this is one of those uh, legacy sequels, quote-unquote legacy sequels, that uh, really just does a great job with the task. Um, I'm very open to nostalgia-based films. Mm -hmm. Those just work for me. Yeah. I'm definitely the target audience for anything uh, nostalgia-related. Not all. There are certain ones where I'm like, nope, I needed more movie out of you. Um, Space Jam 2. Ugh. A lot of people were like, dude, the original Space Jam, so good. Which, fun fact, no, it fucking isn't. Which, we have a whole episode on that. We did a Space Jam episode. Just on the new one. Yeah, but Not we talked about your Did I bitch about feelings? the original? I probably did, yeah. The original is dog shit. Um, and the new one, also really, really bad. Not nearly as bad as the first one, but still. Although that was one of our very first episodes, so mm -hmm. maybe don't go back and listen to that one. Yeah. Our first few episodes were a little rough. Yeah, you know. Um, but you can't get good at anything unless you're willing to be bad at it first. Um, so, yeah, I feel like Space Jam did not do, you know, people will like it just because of nostalgia. It it didn't succeed there. But this one, the, uh, hey, if we, we play with nostalgia, we, uh, you know, as we're making this potion, we put in a, a healthy dose of nostalgia. It's a pretty damn good potion in the end. Snape would be proud. So would sure Slughorn. Would. So would. Uh, are there any other like potion prodigy characters? 
I don't think there are. So yeah, um, I'm happy. Me too. I'm very very happy. Um, guys, thanks again yeah. for for listening again. And uh, if you like where you're listening to us on, stay there. If you want to uh, branch out, listen to us on a different platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the.real.couple. Uh, you can also email us, if you so wish, uh, therealcouplepod at gmail.com. Um, you can slide into our DMs, tell us what you think. Um, you can uh, you can be like my mom. Just reach out and be like, hey, you stupid bitch, you said something wrong. Um I feel like I need to let people know that your mother would never say anything that mean. Yeah, probably. Yeah, just because uh, several of you, there's a chance you've never met my mother before. Uh, I'm I'm making all of that up. She is the sweetest. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Because um, she's definitely listening to this episode. It's Indiana Jones. She, she definitely saw it. She definitely listened. And um, so, love you, Mom. I know you didn't call me a dumb bitch. Um, and, and now all of the listeners know that as well. So that's good. That's, that's good that they, they know that. Anyways, thanks for listening. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, do we ever actually get emails or Instagram messages? Sometimes on Insta. Oh, nice. Yeah. But we've still never gotten an email. No, somebody send us an email. Yeah. Send us an email. Also, for our Utah listeners, mm-hmm. uh, we will be on Good Things Utah again. Yeah. Coming up on July 7th. Yeah. Um, so we were on uh, about a month or so ago. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. And uh, they liked us enough that they're inviting us back. So that's cool. That's really awesome. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll put out more information on Instagram so you don't have to get all the way to the you know, hour mark of Indiana Jones and the Dial of the Destiny. Um, <laughs> I did almost say Dial of the Crystal Skull. Stupid. It's late. Yeah. It's okay. Dial of the Lost. Arc. Crystal Skull. <laughs> Last and Lost Skull. Um, anyways, anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks so much, guys. This has been <laughs> so fun. Loved talking about it. Loved uh, telling you guys what we thought of it. Love you, bye. Bye.